Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. My name is Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Let's get biblical. What you need to know, right out the gate. I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I'm now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it's not um, appropriate for children under the age of, I don't know, like 13. It's like a PG-13 podcast, right? PG-13. I mean, if there's like a certain number of fucks that gets you an R rating, we're probably like way past that. That's right. But there's also context to be considered. Yeah. Like you can't say it in a sexual way. You can only use it as an expletive. Right. So when we like talk about fuck angels, mm-hmm. do you think that it's in a sexual way or do you think it's an expletive? Oh, it's sexual. It's sexual. Mm-hmm. It's kind of both though, right? Yes. Well, in any case, I'm reading the new international version of the Bible with some very terrible footnotes. And I'm reading the NRSV New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And today we're talking about the book of 2 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians, as Donald Trump called it, and Republicans still think he's a Christian and Barack Obama's a Muslim, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Okay, bye. Yes, it's a book that is the long-awaited sequel to the other book. The other book known as First Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book known as Bible. It's a sequel to the Bible. <laughs> it's called Bible 2. And it's called Second Corinthians. And it's uh, another letter from Paul to the church in Corinth. To those naughty boys in Corinth. And, boys and girls. Well, the girls aren't allowed to talk according to First Corinthians. Should we do some fast facts? Yes. And by we, I mean you. All right. So... This book, like the rest of the New Testament, is in Koine Greek. As we mentioned last episode, Corinth was a big, important city in Greece for hundreds of years, but it was destroyed by the Romans, and then it was like just rebuilt just a few years before Paul founded a church there. Um, in First Corinthians, we had, um, it said the letter was written by Paul and Sosthenes, mm-hmm. um, who seemed pretty much just like a scribe who was taking dictation from Paul. This one says it's by Paul and Timothy, 
Right. So now we got somebody in the church that can do the writing for him, I guess. Yeah. Well, so you may remember Timothy from the book of Acts. Uh, he hmm. was he was the one who <laughs> I had. May. You're right. A Jewish mother and a Greek father, oh. but they made him get circumcised because, like, everyone knew his father was Greek. Right. And so, like, you got to get circumcised. Um, And he's, I mean, I don't know anything else about Sosthenes, but I assume that Timothy is higher ranking because he becomes, like, the bishop of the church in Ephesus, I think. There are a lot more people running around named Timothy than Sosthenes these days. These days, yes. But in the past, who knows? That's a great point. <laughs> so in the past, who knows? My point is he might be less of a scribe and more of a co-author. Okay. Um, especially because throughout this letter, like we saw in First Corinthians, it was always I did this, I did that. Mm-hmm. And then in Second Corinthians, there's a lot of we did this, we did that. Mm. Um, and sometimes it seems like it could be referring to both of them together. Sometimes it doesn't. My Bible says it's using the editorial we. But like my Bible is, is a liar. trash, yeah. yeah. So who knows? <laughs> your Bible, your Bible is a liar and a thief, honey. Yeah. Um. Shall we dive into chapter one? Yeah. So overall, this book doesn't have a lot going on. No. There, it's pretty, except whining. It does. It does have a lot of whining. Whining, and what little it has going on in it is repeated a bunch of times. True. This is like flashbacks to the old days. This is like hashtag TBT. Mm-hmm. So we start the standard greeting um, and then Paul's like, but things have been like kind of rough for me lately because I was preaching in Asia and like I thought I was going to die because I like got stoned and stuff, but not the good kind. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, in in what is becoming a standard for these epistles, Paul gives some excuses about why he hasn't visited when he said he would. And um, this section is actually titled, quote, Paul's change of plans in my Bible. <laughs> I see. And he's like, yeah, I was like going to go to Corinth, but it would have been like a huge bummer. And like I needed some positive vibes in my life. Uh, plus, it was actually for your own good. And I did it because I love you. Which establishes a second uh, trend that will continue throughout Second Corinthians of Paul Completely refusing to take responsibility for anything. True. Um, so I had a note here where he invoked Jesus's name for his scheduling conflicts, <laughs> which is, I guess, okay. if he Classic does it. Paul. He says, since I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first so that you might have a double favor. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on to Judea. Was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to ordinary human standards, ready to say yes, yes, and no, 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 no. at the same time? As surely as God is faithful, one, our word to you has not been yes and no. What is he gibbering on about? What he's gibbering on about is nothing is my fault, mm-hmm. and everything I do is I do it for love of you. And so if you don't like it, that's your own problem. Um. We can sort of gather that something has happened between First and Second Corinthians. Yeah, um, we don't know exactly what. Scholars think there are other letters, probably that didn't survive. Um, but we do know from First Corinthians that there was some sort of power struggle going on mm-hmm. with some people in Corinth saying they followed Paul, some people saying they followed Peter, some people saying they followed Apollos, Apollos whoever the fuck that is. Um, 
So that's probably what Paul is referring to here um, when he says like, oh, yeah, like Corinth. Like I was going to go, but it would have been like a major buzzkill. Mm-hmm. Probably because people were like being disobedient to him in some way. There were some anti-Paul factions. Yeah. Um, and he wanted them to follow his version of Christianity instead of the version of like, you know, Peter, like Jesus's favorite disciple. I don't know. Right. Um, He mentions some guy who has like committed some sin. It's not specified. Might be the guy from First Corinthians who fucked his mom's or his dad's wife. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul says to stop punishing him now. He's been punished enough. And he's like, when I told you to punish that guy, I was really just testing you to see if you would obey me. And you did. So you passed. So now you can stop punishing him. Mm -hmm. Is that supposed to be an instructive story? I don't know. It's like, yeah, cool. Like, cool way to, like, convince people to follow you is just, like, bust out the old, I didn't really mean it. I was just joking. I was just testing you. It's like, well, here are the rules, but I just make them up yeah sometimes like that'd totally get people to follow you instead Mm -hmm. of instead of jesus's favorite disciple um now we're gonna get into the theological part of it oh you mean the part where they say that they're stink men they're stink men oh yeah they're Uh, very proud of how stinky they are could you please elaborate on this thanks be to god who in christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads in every place the fragrance that comes from knowing him for we are the aroma of christ to god among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to the one a fragrance from death to death to the other a fragrance from life to life they're stink men no they're stink men Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm smelling them out (laughs) baby they stink (laughs) they stink Um, Paul says that basically we have a new covenant with God now. Right. Um, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter kills. It's awfully convenient, isn't it? But the spirit gives life. Mm -hmm. Um, and he says it's like when Moses came down from Mount Sinai after God gave him the 10 commandments and his face was so radiant that he had to wear a veil Mm -hmm. so that the other Israelites could look at him. So now it's like. The scripture had a veil over it. Right. But now like Jesus, Jesus took the veil off. Jesus took the veil off. Yeah. And he Very also says erotic. how sad he feels for all the people that are reading Moses now and who are like not getting it correctly because right. they don't know about Christ. Yeah. And also like if they don't get it, it's because Satan blinded them. Mm-hmm. Like Satan put a veil over the scripture for them. Uh, he says, we have these treasures in jars of clay. What he means is, you know, like we have mortal human bodies, but the Holy Spirit is within us. Ah, so we got to crack these jars open, um, spill our treasures out on the ground. This is the name of a very successful Christian rock band from the 90s and 2000s. Jars of clay. Jars of clay. It's like puddles of mud. <laughs> I mean, it kind of was. So actually, we I know, covered, I know it's puddle of mud. We covered in my youth group worship band where i was the lead singer we covered their song <laughs> nice brag. flood which involves puddles of mud because it's like a flood mm. well i mean in a, in my mind a flood would have more than just puddles of mud well it's got a lot of things in it okay <laughs> it's got a lot of things in it yeah that's the number one thing i look out for in a song i'm like first of all how many, how many things? things are in this song and then i count them up and if it's over 12 that's a good song. That's a good song. You know that's a high quality song. For example, Aguas de Marzo. 
the uh-huh. classic Brazilian bossa nova song has tons of things in it. Yeah, it's got like agua. dozens. It's got masu. It's got it's got G. <laughs> I feel like you're not engaging with the text. Very I carefully. don't know any of the other words. <laughs> That's a shame. It's a great, great song. I know the tune. Oh, really? Yeah. How's it go? It goes like. Yeah, nailed it. Bam. You got it. Done. Uh, you just beat Shazam. <laughs> Congratulations. I literally used to be the lead singer for the worship band. Like, this is my level of like vocal talent is. Da, 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 da. Like, I went up every single Sunday and sang in front of like 100 people. Hmm. Anyway, uh, now we're going to get into some of this stuff that I don't like about Paul. <gasps> no. That I think is very characteristic of American Christianity, which is that it's based on the idea that you should focus on getting to heaven and how great heaven is Mm -hmm. and not focus on how to improve the world that you're currently living in. I see. So and that's like living for faith and not uh, sight or something like that. Right. Uh, Sure. (laughs) I feel like there's. Are we good at this? Is this uh, bad? <clears throat> are we good at this? It's a complicated question. Uh, well, here's some quotes from Paul. Okay, lay them on me. Uh, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Uh, he says being alive is like being naked in a tent and, quote, groaning to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Hmm. As long as we are at home in the body... We are away from the Lord. See, this See. is, I always semi-joke about how I wish I didn't have a body and I could just be uploaded to the cloud. Mm-hmm. And like Paul wants to be uploaded to the cloud. Yeah. But like literally. The heavenly clouds. Yeah, like the clouds. Right. Where God daddy lives. And this is something that I've like, that I've carried with me really fundamentally until the last like year mm-hmm. when I went to this fucking clinic for chronic pain and tried to learn how to like live in a body um but my question is why did this become like a christian doctrine like that a physical existence is inherently terrible it seems like the dumbest thing that you would you could ever fight against because it's universal to every single person that you're trying to convince yeah that is uh, that Christianity is true. And it's like, why did God even create human bodies if they're like so terrible to him? Yeah. Like, why did he come to earth in a human body as Jesus if he hates bodies? Well, that's the only way he could have, you know, accepted and forgiven all of our sins was by being body. Ugh. But like, why? <laughs> <laughs> but like, why? The main question that you can ask after every Bible verse. Do you think if Paul were alive today, that he would be like a transhumanist, like singularity guy, like stealing teenagers' blood or whatever? Yes. You think so? Uh, yeah. You think he'd be like a Peter Peter Thiel type of guy? Sure. Why not? Like a Ray Kurzweil type? Yeah. Like choking himself with vitamins? Yeah. And like strapping his wrists with like magnets and filling his blood with strange chemicals yeah like for god mm-hmm. though uh sure yeah he'd be like a or do you think he worships death too much? Or something like that. do you think he's like so focused on dying going to heaven that he would be like 
hmm, I got cancer. Well, to be honest, I'm just going to let it go and treat it. To be honest with you, based on the text, Paul seems like he's more concerned with uh, growing the power of whatever organization he's a part of. So I don't think I mean, it would be whatever Paul would fall into. Mm. He would try his hardest to grow that thing and mm-hmm. to get to the top of it. Mm-hmm. He did like increase like the customers of Christianity mm. by like their market share. Yeah. By like jillions of percent. That's good. That's good. Yeah. The in, I mean, his shareholders are going to be happy. Yeah. Who are his shareholders? Uh, I guess the Holy Trinity. Just the three of them. Mm-hmm. But they're also only one person, so. Yeah, awkward board meetings. Awkward board meetings. It's one person pretending to be three people and Paul. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, well, who's the fucking secretary? And it's like, well, I'm the secretary. Well, specifically, Jesus is the secretary, but he's also me. And it's like, you well, know we can't have is. the secretary and the treasurer be the same person. And it's like, well, we're not the same person. It's a conflict of interest. But we kind of are the same person. And it's like, well, this is not going anywhere. And Paul's like, whatever. I'm we going to Macedonia. To, I haven't even gotten to old business yet. <laughs> um. Also, throughout all this stuff that we're talking about, Paul will just like occasionally like pause and be like, by the way, nothing is my fault. <laughs> Everything is your fault. Um. But like, I still love you because... That's just how good a guy I am. In your translation, is he obsessed with boasting? Yes. Does he talk about nothing but boasting? Yes. The word boast appears like a jillion times. To the point where it becomes like totally meaningless. Yes. And I am I was wondering what the fucking Greek word was. I didn't look it up. I'm sorry. I failed the etymology corner and I failed all our listeners. But it, mine did have boast, that exact translation. I don't want to boast, but boasting is okay. If you're doing it for the Lord. Yeah. Also, boasting is really bad. But when I talk about boasting, here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Um, chapter six in my Bible is titled Paul's Hardships. Oh. And it's that him, Paul baby. It's him complaining about his hardships, which are, to be fair. Pretty intense. Pretty intense. Uh, you know, he's like, okay, Timothy and I have been beaten imprisoned gone hungry like i was almost stoned to death i had to like scale down a wall in a basket he's like i got 39 lashes three times three times that's a lot that um the weird thing is that's 100 percent boasting it is about how holy he is and how much he sacrificed for the lord it is and he's like if i may boast but then later he's like never believe a boaster because boasting is nothing and that's how you can identify someone who's been turned by Satan. Is because they're boasting. Yeah. Boasting no longer sounds like a word to me. <laughs> I need to look it up in the dictionary. But I don't have a dictionary because I'm living in the year 50 AD or whatever. <laughs> also, therefore, somehow, I'm not withholding affection from the Corinthians. They're withholding affection from me. Mm, I think you, you might be protecting a little. No, that's a literal quote. <laughs> this is, we're not withholding affection from you. You're withholding your affection from us. Uh, here's another quote. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have spoiled no one. Mm. Sounds like something a wronger, corrupter, and spoiler would say. I agree. To me. Sounds like somebody left the fridge door open. Yeah. Uh, if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. All that spoiling was probably how they came to stink so bad. Oh, you know what? You're right. The, that aroma of God. Yeah. They'd be like, of course, when you find the stinky ones, they're like, I don't even know what spoiling is. And I have no idea what you're talking about. That's the end of the story. It's because they're using crystals for deodorant. Mm. They don't work. Mm-hmm. They just don't work. 
They just don't. I don't know who told you that rubbing crystal on I, arm. I'm like into natural beauty stuff. Like, you know, I haven't, I haven't used shampoo in like seven years or something. Mm-hmm. But like crystal deodorant does not work. Yeah, I checked. Don't rub rock on. Don't rub rock on pit. Mm-hmm. If I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it writes Paul, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led to repentance. So he's like, I'm sorry if I slammed you too hard. Yeah, like, sorry for offending you. (laughs) Sorry that you got offended for no reason. Right. No, he's saying, I'm not sorry if you're offended because you will know how badly I slammed you. And there's only one thing you can do, which is turn your life around. And he's saying like, okay, I sent this letter and I know that it hurt your feelings, um, but... At least that'll make you change your actions. And this letter is clearly not 1 Corinthians because 1 Corinthians is not like that. So scholars think it's some sort of lost letter that that didn't survive, didn't make it in the Bible. Um, And it's called, quote, the severe letter. Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah. Got to get our hands on that. Yeah. Sounds like a tasty piece of Bible business right there. I want to point out a passage in here that I really like. Uh, in comparison to the, and I, it's not because I like the message, but just I think the writing is much, much, much better than pretty much anything in First Corinthians, except where he talked about uh, love. Love, yeah. Probably Timothy wrote this part. Yeah. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. Damn. With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown yet are well known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet mm-hmm. possessing everything. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. That's good. That's quality Bible stuff right there. I mean, it doesn't really mean a ton. <laughs> well, it it does. It just stretches the meaning out. It sort of spreads it over the bread like jam. Hmm. Delicious jam. Yes. That's what I think. Strawberry I... jam or... Jamp? Mm-hmm. As in jam, please. <laughs> oh, jamp. Mm-hmm. Jamp, yeah. My favorite is blackberry jamp. Thank oh, you for asking. <laughs> I didn't know that. It's not true. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'll have to replace our entire refrigerator, which I filled with blackberry jam. After that part, we do get a brief mention of somebody that I wanted to check in on since we haven't we haven't done it in a while. Who? Um, it's a line in chapter six. Okay. Do not be mismatched with unbelievers. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship is there between light and darkness? What agreement does Christ have with Belial? Oh, Belial. Yeah, I wanted to do a quick check-in because we haven't talked about those evil gods or about, like, evil pagans. angels or anything like that in a little while. Um, I don't know who Belial is. Uh, I looked it up. Specific. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me more. So Belial is mentioned several times in the Old Testament. and Was he? Yeah. Not in like a, a specific way, like he's out there doing stuff, uh-huh. but in sort of like a... Uh, Don't worship this guy way? No, more as like, a... As fuck a f- you if you worship this guy. As a... As a I f- will literally murder you if you worship this guy. <laughs> well, it's more of a figure of speech, I think. Sons of Belial, which are like 
idolaters. Okay. Essentially. Okay. Um, but anyway, the Wikipedia led me to a, a couple mentions in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh. Apparently, in one of the Dead Sea Scrolls, a uh, called a fragment of a Zadokite work, mm-hmm. which is also known as the Damascus document. Damn. Says that during the eschatological age. The scatological age, yes. Mm-hmm. The age of poop. Belial shall be let loose against Israel as God spoke through Isaiah the prophet. The fragments also speak of the three nets of Belial, which are said to be fornication, wealth, and pollution of the sanctuary. Wow. Apparently, Belial is sometimes presented as an agent of divine punishment and sometimes as a rebel, like Mastema was. Oh, fuck Mastema. I hate that guy. It was apparently Belial who inspired the Egyptian sorcerers, who are named in this document, Johane and his brother, to oppose Moses and Aaron. Ooh. Fragments, huh. Fragment also says that anyone who is ruled by the spirit of Belial and speaks of rebellion should be condemned as a necromancer and wizard. Oh, wow. Well, what I can tell you about that Bible verse is it spawned a million conversations in youth groups about whether it's okay to be friends with non-believers at school. I see, because what covenant does Christ have with Belial? Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's like, don't yoke yourself with unbelievers. And then everyone's like, well... Does that mean I can't have, like, my Jewish friend at school? And then depending on, like, what kind of church you're in, the answer might be yes, might be no. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah. Now we're going to get... I know what you're wondering. Is he in Shin Megami Tensei, Belial? Uh-huh. The answer is yes, he is. Oh, yes? Oh, yeah. What does he do? Who does he merge with? Who does he evolve into? What kind of Pokemon is he? I think he's fire type. Mm. He's a very powerful boy, mm, though. Powerful boy. Mm-hmm. What What do you combine to make him? Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it varies game to game. Some sort of dog demon and some sort of flame? Uh, Let's go with yeah. Let's go with yeah. Why not? I checked and you're absolutely right. Oh, great. Thanks for checking and for uh, accurately relaying the Shin Megami Tensei mythos to our listeners. Now we're going to get into the uh, really culty slash pyramid schemey part of Second Corinthians. That sounds great. Uh, this is when he talks about how he went to the church in Macedonia and, quote, their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity, and they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Hint, hint. Yeah. He's like, Corinth. Uh, <laughs> Macedonia, they just gave until they didn't have any food. He says, I'm not commanding you, but I do want to test the sincerity of your love. By comparing it with the earnestness of others. This is extremely not how love works, bro. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, he also says, I've been boasting, because he's fucking always boasting. That's mm-hmm. like all he talks about. I've been boasting about your eagerness to help to the Macedonians. And if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we would be ashamed of having been so confident. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. This is so slimy. He's like, you guys suck. Everything is your fault. I didn't visit because of you guys. It wasn't because of me. I was perfect. And also pay me a lot of money. Yeah. And. Otherwise, it's proof you don't love God. It's proof you don't love God. Classic abuser shit. Mm -hmm. And it's also going to make me look so bad. Yeah. Like you don't want to do that to me. To I brought me, you the I brought you the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
And this is how you repay me? Look at your good brothers in Macedonia. They gave until they had no food. Yeah, they like, all starved to death. And now they're in heaven, which is better because having a body is terrible. <laughs> so fuck you. Give me money. Love you. Bye. Bye. Um, I also don't like that he can't keep on task sometimes for like a sentence. Uh-huh. Because he repeats himself and it like recurses uh-huh. and he gets off track and stuff, just like in First Corinthians. But needs it, a better scribe. Needs a scribe with a better editing. How about a scribe instinct. with some fucking balls? How about a scribe with some fucking ovaries? How about just sacks? How about a scribe that can play the saxophone? Mm-hmm. Just a scribe that can just fly on that saxophone, who can just blow that brass tube and just like. Would be the biggest jazz boy. Who can just rock that reed all night long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up and down the length of that phone. Why can't that guy be the scribe for Second Corinthians? It's a great question. A question Paul can't fucking answer because yeah. he's dead. He has no idea. And he's fucking, I bet he would hate jazz. He says, for even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it. Parentheses, though I did regret it. For I see that I have grieved you with the letter, though only briefly. And parentheses. Yeah. What? That's what I was talking about earlier with the severe letter. I know. But like. Yeah. He's like, I did regret it, but now I don't. Because then I realized I'm right. Don't put this in the letter. And fuck you. Or when you get to that point, you were like, hmm, I just contradict myself in one sentence. And fuck you. <laughs> Maybe I should eliminate one or the other of the contradictory things. Nope. Okay. Just leave it all in. Just leave it all in. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. Sounds good, baby. You're going to hear some music and we'll be back in about a minute. I'm your best Bible friend, Nico. I'm your second best Bible friend, Lauren. Okay, see you in a second. Bye. Okay, bye. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm drunk. I mean, I'm Lauren. <laughs> and I'm Nico. And we're talking about 2 Corinthians, Paul's second epistle to the church in Corinth, Greece. And we're going to get started here on chapter 10. Some people think that chapters 10 through 13, the last three chapters in the book, are, are great. The severe letter. No, no one ever. That was mentioned earlier. No one thinks they're great. Everyone thinks they suck. Yeah. But some people think that they're that they were like the severe letter that was referenced earlier. I that see. he was like, oh, like, well, sorry if I offended you, <laughs> um, because things get kind of harsh here, and maybe some files got mixed up and people just shoved it together in the biblical canon. Basically, he just gets even more rude and abusive than he already has been. He says. We will be ready to punish every act of disobedience. 
Um, he says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we <laughs> preach. Very naturally read. Or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received. Like the spirit of St. Louis. Or a different gospel from the one you accepted. You put up with it easily enough. I do not think I am in the least inferior to those su- to those quote unquote super apostles. I am obsessed with the super apostles. I may indeed be untrained as a speaker, but I do have knowledge. We have made this perfectly clear to you in every way. So what are what's a super apostle? I mean, I don't know for sure. Does, is that the same translation mm-hmm. as that? Super apostle. Mm-hmm. I assume it's like apostles who actually knew Jesus. Oh. I don't know for sure. That's not based on anything that I've read elsewhere. That's just my own assumption um and i think he's basically being like i mean naturally he would be jealous and afraid of the super apostles yeah like peter because we know that like the two people that he named as like kind of opponents Mm -hmm. were peter and apollos nobody gives a shit about apollos now but peter was like jesus's like main disciple yeah and the one he told to go build a church yeah so i imagine that paul would be pretty insecure about and that's how he's acting here. Like, oh, the oh, super apostles. Well, I'm just as good as them. Like, I'm just a humble country uh, executioner. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just a humble upper middle class priestly executioner. Um, and then he's like, he's like, I gave up everything for the church. And I don't even charge you any money, even though like a third of this epistle is about how you need to give me money. Mm-hmm. And he says everyone who disagrees with him is a false apostle. And he's like, I don't care if they actually spend time with Jesus. I'm still the best. Um, <laughs> is that a direct quote? Uh, <laughs> sure. Why not? Good. Nice. Here's the direct quote. You put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit we were too weak for that. It's like, oh, you just want someone. You just want a bad, a bad boy. That's right. Who rides a motorcycle. You just want a, a bad church, you know, that'll like treat you like shit. And like there are a bunch of nice churches out there that want to like treat you right. Yeah. You know, that and, like, like show understand women. But like. You're too stupid to even see what's right in front of you. Um, I like he's like, oh yeah, like my main problem is that I care too much. <laughs> I'd say my number one weakness, caring too much. Yeah. <laughs> number two weakness, working too hard. And um, also my other main problem. Oh, number three weakness, too humble. Sorry. Too, uh, <laughs> no, and number four, too holy. Mm-hmm. So holy that like God had to send a messenger of Satan to torment me, and I was like. What is that story, by the I way? I was like, God, please stop this. But God was like, um, you're too strong, so you need to learn how to be weak. I guess that's just what happens when you're like so holy and amazing like me, Paul. It, that story was so vague, though. Like, Satan sent some sort of spur. Yeah. I, what, I don't know. It could be a person. It could be an affliction. Yeah. It could be uh, some sort of 
naughty woodpecker mm. constantly pecking at that wood outside his window. Peck, peck, peck. Mm-hmm. Crackle, crackle at the, at the uh, stroke of dawn. <laughs> yep. Paul can't get no sleep. Can't get no sleep. And that was God telling him it was too strong. Mm-hmm. Crackle, crackle at the stroke of dawn. Uh, I have made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. That's a direct quote. Mm. Abuser fucking 101. Uh, here's another one. I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles. <laughs> even mean, even though I am nothing. I mean... So basically Christianity is like 50% based on like this one guy's fucking temper tantrums. Yeah. And his severe insecurities. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover we have not failed the test. And he still quotes from the Old Testament more than he quotes from the Gospels. Well, the Gospels aren't written yet. Oh, my God. I guess you're right. Like, he's writing this epistle around the same time that the first Gospel, which is Mark, is being written. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, Mark draws from... That really blows my mind, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Mark draws from some sources that we don't have access to that Paul probably did have. We don't have the clearance for it. Yeah. We're like paid agents of Turkey or whatever. So we can't have, well, I guess that means we get full clearance. I don't know. I don't know how things work. I thought you said you wouldn't talk about politics anymore. I'm sorry. Look, it's difficult not to in these times. My point is Paul thinks he's the best. Mm -hmm. He's obviously super insecure. He thinks he's, he's afraid he's the worst. And so he has to tell everyone he's the best. Mm Mm-hmm thinks he's king shit of garbage mountain yeah and then he's like i mean it just ends on that note like the other ones have ended like have kind of like wrapped up in a formal way right and this one doesn't it's just like okay uh love you mean it don't fail the fucking test you corinthian bastards uh i know better than peter maybe i'll visit someday maybe i, don't I won't care if he was jesus main disciple i got blinded on the road to damascus scales were on my eyes and ananias touched me and i'm just as christian as any of these fucking clowns that jesus chose to hang out with him instead of me okay see you bye love you paul bye yeah that's pretty much it yeah that's pretty much how it goes yeah now there are other ways to think about paul this is this is the end of second corinthians um but we've had a couple people write in to tell us about sort of alternate versions of interpretations of this uh, Blake Chastain, who hosts the podcast Exvangelical, mm-hmm. that we were guests on an episode, um, he emailed us about a recent development in Protestant thinking called, quote, the new perspective on Paul. Mm. Um, you down with NPP? <laughs> yeah, you know me. In our Romans episode, we talked about how Paul said you can only be saved by your faith, not by following Jewish laws. Mm-hmm. Um. And this was one of the big changes when Protestantism broke off from Catholicism that Catholics believe you get into heaven by like a mix of good works and faith. And Protestants believe you get into heaven by faith alone. Um, And so starting in like the 1960s and 70s, some Protestant theologians started trying to look at Paul's writings more in context and think about what good works meant to Paul as like a Jewish man in 50 AD Mm -hmm. rather than to Martin Luther in Germany in 1520. Sure. 
Um, and so basically, like, different scholars have come up with different interpretations, but they're bringing up that basically maybe Paul was really only talking about uh, badges of covenant membership, like being circumcised, eating kosher. Um, so he's not saying like, oh, it doesn't matter if you love your neighbor or not. He's just saying it doesn't matter if you get circumcised or not. Or if you go to temple on high holy days and offer the right sacrifices or whatever. Right. So to me, that seems probably truer than the scripture, like truer rather to the scripture than than uh, Protestants usually read it. But I still think Paul's a dick. Mm. Paul's dead, according to my information. Play it backwards. Paul's dead. Mm-hmm. In the same email, Blake also linked us to an alternative theory about the crucifixion, which, um, like we were talking about the idea of substitutionary atonement and, like, there's this weird cosmic ledger and we owe a debt to God because of our sins and, like, Jews used to clear the ledger by sacrificing animals but then god sent jesus and that was like the ultimate sacrifice they like because he was the ultimate animal yeah that yeah because jesus was a party animal and that was like wiped out the dead or whatever mm. um so blake sent a link to the christus victor model of atonement it's a creepy name yeah um and basically as i understand it i mean i'm gonna be getting some details wrong but it's more like our sinfulness used to doom us to death, but then Jesus like was victorious over death uh, and like broke the laws of nature by like dying and coming back to life. Okay. So now those laws don't doom us anymore. I don't find that. We doom us to I mean, yeah, everybody's doomed to death. I mean, well, but Christians aren't because they live forever in heaven. Oh, but I mean, okay. That's like. Christians believe that they have eternal life. Right. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't find that particularly compelling. Like, I think it's, it certainly seems less cruel mm-hmm. than, like, oh, well, God had to do this because that's, the universe works like a fucking debt collector or whatever. But I don't find it particularly compelling. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I to, to be honest with you, like I don't know enough about or care, frankly, <laughs> yeah. uh, about that for that to be like a mind blowing difference in theology. Yeah, I don't. It's it's not it's not mind blowing to me. Basically, it's like slightly different. Um, our, we also had a listener, Clinton, who linked us to um, a Christian writer named Brian Zond, who proposes that he has a whole different idea of the crucifixion. Um, he and so he's, he's says, a fanfic idea of it where. I mean, kind of. Brian, his favorite disciple, stepped in at the last (laughs) moment. And And he was like, mother, this is Brian, your son. I've always loved you. Uh, No, basically his thing is like, God didn't need Jesus to die on the cross in order to forgive us. Humans needed it in order to understand forgiveness. And he says basically like all humans are complicit in violent systems of power, like the one that that killed Jesus mm-hmm. or the ones that killed Jesus. Um, so we've all kind of symbolically contributed to Jesus' death. But Jesus forgave us by overcoming the consequences of our sin 
and then coming back to life. I find that more compelling. Um, I like the idea of thinking about it as like we're complicit in systems uh-huh. because that that rings truer to me and like fucking late stage capitalism, you know, where like if I buy a T-shirt, it's necessarily like explaining someone in Several island people. or yeah. whatever, you know. Um, but I don't think this is a very widely held view. And it's not compelling enough to make me like believe in God. So I don't know. But but I find it uh, more. You find it is a more compelling way to frame this story than like this bizarre hoop jumping ordeal yeah. where it's it involves some sort of spiritual Excel sheet. Yeah. Where the formulas are hidden because yeah. we couldn't possibly understand. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we also did get one email from a listener, Matt, who. uh who mentioned how one of his very Christian friends in college described atonement as your sins get sent back in time to Jesus where his sacrifice gets rid of them. I love that. I know. I just love that somebody said that out loud and was like, yeah, that's how it works. Like they didn't, they didn't say that and then think, Oh no, I'm not a Christian oh, anymore. Oh shit, that's, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I just talked myself out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't... They were like, no, your sins get sent back in time. Why haven't you converted yet? Now we're talking my language. Anyway, should we rate this book? I think it's time to. How would you rate this book? I would give this book 36 out of 144 super apostles, Wow. That's a quite a strange number. Thank you. Would you care to explain it? Would you care to justify yourself? To well, sure. People? There are 12 apostles, right? Uh-huh. Times but 12. But these are super apostles, so you, to, so you multiply by 12. So they're squared. Yeah. Got it. Got it. But you're only giving it three apostles. You're giving it three super apostles out of 12 if you reduce the fraction. That's right. So we're actually talking about, yeah, you're right. These are, so it would be 144 standard apostles, but really it's 12 super apostles. Got it. Anyway, the reason why, mm-hmm. which might be less interesting, <laughs> uh, uh, it was, uh, it's strange and repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like good bible stuff mm-hmm. it, but it's it's got a little a little of that personal strangeness that i feel like is sometimes missing a tiny little spark of it yeah that i feel like sometimes missing from the bible you know the sense of of personality shining through which were some of my favorite parts of the old testament um but that being said with the personality shining through is like kind of gross <laughs> yeah his personality is not very pleasant um and the language is a little better than first corinthians but that's not really saying that much mm-hmm. just like that there are you know two or three nicely written little passages yeah. and the rest of it it's like it feels very plain not very uh inspiring yeah i'm I'd gonna say. give it like two out of nine boasts because boasted vegetables so fucking mm. whiny mm-hmm. and like really like abuser dynamics like mm. You made me get mad. This is your fault. Really, you should be apologizing. Yeah. Which is just gross. Just no matter how you no matter how you slice it. <laughs> it's simply gross. Yeah. And especially because it's like it's the talk is all about spreading the word of God and 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 making the kingdom of Jesus larger or whatever. <laughs> but it just feels like such petty like political infighting that could be happening in literally any organization throughout history Mm -hmm. that could be devoted to whatever like he could just be like we need to sell more rice i want to like this rice trading firm has to be the biggest in the mediterranean and that's like (laughs) sure 
or whatever. Yeah. It could be literally anything. We need to sell widgets. They didn't have widgets back then, my we dear. We need to sell, sell fidget spinners. Okay. They didn't have those either. We need to sell origami cranes. Bluetooths. Well, I think now is as good a time as I need to open up that mailbag. Yeah, let's see what's in the mailbag. I hope it's mail. It's female, baby. Our listener Taylor sent us a very nice email in which she asked us to bless and or curse her two house goblins. House goblins. One of them is a Boston Terrier named Boo, pictured wearing a Pikachu costume. Oh, my God. And one is a cat named Princess Peach, whose only fault... (laughs) That's Princess Peach for normal people. Whose only fault is that she believes water should never be contained in bowls. A controversial opinion I agree with. Oh. But who definitely, in our opinion, looks like a bad and cute cat who needs a curse. Uh, We also got an email from our listener, Jordan, who says... Uh, I can't believe I've spent all this time surrounded by Christianity and I never heard about the evil fuck angels until now. Yeah, it's time to wake up, sheeple. Yeah, me too. Um, and he also gave us a very funny looking little dog named Maisie to bless. Our listener Liz let us know that in Greco-Roman contexts, bathing was a big thing. So maybe dudes could have seen each other's members and whether they were circumcised then. She also said, on an unrelated note on Christians in the Bath, there's a prayer written on the floor in a Roman bath asking Christ for success at a game of dice. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a good story. Mm-hmm. And she gave us two dogs to bless named Ronnie and Mal or Ranny and Mal. Who knows? They look like German sheep herds. Oh, one is white and one is not white. And they look like little German shepherds and they're very cute. Um, so to Boo, Maisie, Ronnie and Mal or perhaps Ranny and Mal, I say... I have great confidence in you. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged in all our troubles. My joy knows no bounds. And to Princess Peach, I will say, such a boaster is a false apostle, a deceitful worker, disguising herself as an apostle of cat. Mm, True. And that will do it for today's episode of Sunday School Dropouts. You can follow us on Twitter... At Sunschool Drop. And you can find us on Facebook. Don't do that. Only I can do that. At uh, Sunday School Dropouts, the URL is facebook.com slash sunschool drop. If you have questions, comments, cats, or dogs to bless, or any other kind of animal you got Mm, kicking around there. What do you got? (laughs) You can send us email to contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. That's sundayschooldropouts.lol. It is not.com. Elise Carlton did our logo and our art. Uh, we would super, super appreciate if you give us a five-star rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called now. Uh, for example, you could be like uh, Jehovah's Litness. Get it? Mm-hmm. Uh, who gave us 19 out of 20 Ecclesiastes. And, uh, you get it? Said, as a Bible college student, I can say that these folks understand the... Complex relationship between scriptures much better than the majority of professing Christians would recommend. I'm not sure that's true, but I appreciate the rating. Or you could be like whichever beautiful human being goes by the name Bootlegs for a Fee, Mm -hmm. who gave us 35 out of 35 pieces of steak in the planter. (laughs) Deep cut. Good puns, good music, good bibble talk, said Bootlegs for a Fee. Always appreciated. You can find the original music for the show as well as anything else that I do at soundcloud.com slash nicobaculich. That's N-I-K-O. 
B-A-K-U-L-I-C-H. And you can find me on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. O'Neill is spelled like Shaquille spells it. We will be back next week for our weekly Bible talking club. Yep. Radio listen style. Mm-hmm. Your friends, me and this leather lady. This leather lady? She's a leather lady. Not in the way that you think, but a little bit that way, too. Okay. We'll see you on Sunday. Okay, bye. Bye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 